0: G'day, I'm Barry Green, the owner of Western Tourist Radio. Our service has been created to tell the stories of the southwest of Western Australia with the voices of the people who have made it such a great place to live and visit. The stories of the businesses and places that are unique to the area. Storytelling has been used by the indigenous people of Australia for tens of thousands of years to pass down knowledge of their history and culture, and that is partly what inspires this service. We're lucky to live in the only continent on earth that operates as one nation. We tend to take this for granted, but it was not an inevitability. I'm talking to Jane Reynolds, the Director of Foundation 1901, which has been created to generate an understanding of our Federation, its history, and take pride in the achievements of our Federation in 1901 and its ongoing relevance to modern Australia. Good day, Jane.
1: Hi, Barry. How are you?
0: Yeah, pretty good. So the name Henry Parks is often linked to any discussion about the Australian Federation. So why is that?
1: Well, Henry Parks was known as Australia's father of federation because of his long advocacy for the cause to bring the six colonies together as one country. His advocacy lasted between the 1860s until his death. And as you mentioned, Barry, achieving federation was not inevitable at all. It took a long time and there were lots of ups and downs along the way. The speech that Henry is most famous for is his Tenterfield speech, which he gave in 1889, Credited with getting the Federation movement back on track.
0: So, why are we talking about Henry Parks in 2015?
1: 2015 commemorates 200 years since his birth. It's his 200th birthday, and I think he deserves to be remembered and that we still have a lot to learn from him.
0: So, tell us a bit more about Henry Parks.
1: Well, like many of us, he arrived on a boat, this time back in 1839. He had grown up in poverty in the Midlands of England, and after unsuccessful attempts at setting up a business in England, he and his new wife, Clorinda, set out for Australia seeking a better life.
0: And that still happens today.
1: Immigration is still a very important discussion for Australia, and Henry can teach us something about that. There is no doubt Henry achieved great things during his life, but his life certainly wasn't easy for him. And I think this is one of the things that makes him important to us now. He's a lot like the rest of us, trying to make the best of things and deal with the challenges that life threw at him. If we look at Henry's early life, he had only two years of school. He was a man who lived until he was almost 81 years of age, which is another huge achievement during that period when, when many died well before their 60th birthday. Over his life, he spent almost 50 years in public life in Australia. And given he was 24 when he arrived, that's an achievement by any measure, even today. He spent 41 of those years as a politician and 12 as Premier of New South Wales. Henry Parks is still New South Wales' longest-serving Premier. During Henry's parliamentary career, he stood firstly for election in 1853, which he lost. And he was elected for the first time in 1854. He served in Parliament on and off for 41 years during his period in in uh, politics federation is obviously his greatest legacy but he's also responsible for establishing much of the early rail network in new south wales he introduced professional nursing and established a nursing school in communication with florence nightingale he established government funding for secular schooling for children in new south wales he had to deal with the rabbit plague And in that day and age, bush ranges.
0: That's a fair bit on his CV, isn't it?
1: (laughs) That's not even close. There are hundreds of policy areas.
0: He had his own financial issues as well along the way.
1: He certainly did. And I guess that's one of the things to remember even today is that our politicians are also human. And Henry was very human. He went bankrupt on three separate occasions, which at that time forced him to leave Parliament. He married on three separate occasions... To Clorinda, Eleanor, and Julia.
0: Did they pass away, or is that the reason he went bankrupt three times? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Both Clorinda and Eleanor predeceased him.
1: He was married to Clorinda for just over 50 years, and then he married Eleanor, who, for whom there was a little bit of controversy because Eleanor had been his mistress prior to Clorinda passing away. And Julia, again, controversial in the community at the time because Julia was 23 at the time she married Henry, who was 79. To, to take that even further, Henry's marriage to Julia had actually been arranged by Eleanor prior to her passing away. I think she knew her husband pretty well and Henry still had many, many young children to look after and she knew that there was no way he could have done that on his own. Julia had been uh, Henry Park, Henry and Eleanor Park's housekeeper. What we also now know about Henry was that he was manic depressive, which would account for his many ups
0: and downs in, in public life. Well, that's interesting in the, 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 the focus we put on depression these days, that despite that, there can be terrific outcomes, or maybe because of.
1: Yes, I think uh, how we deal with mental health issues today are hugely important but we also have to remember that many people in life deal with this and it can bring about huge benefits to us all. Possibly people with these kind of afflictions also see things differently and because of that they bring huge benefits
0: to us. That's an interesting observation, Jane. Thank you. So... What else do we know? There's that, that, that's, uh, that's an awful lot to know. Uh, do you want, Anything else you want to say about Henry at this stage?
1: Well, Henry had 17 children, six of whom died before he did. So there are many, many, many Parks descendants around Australia today. Right. He is also, in his professional life, and we'll take uh, into account the fact that he only had two years of schooling, he spent a number of years as a journalist both while he was a politician and between terms in politics, writing for an, a newspaper that he established called The Empire. Given that he would not have been taught how to read or write extensively in a formal sense, that's an amazing achievement in itself.
0: It is indeed. It, it is interesting, this struggle thing, and, you know, we, we're we always looking for the easy path.
1: Are you fami- familiar with George Megalogenis? No. Uh, he's one of the formerly Canberra Press Corps and then... Um, wrote as a journalist for The Australian and now he's off writing books. But he's just released a book called Australia's Second Chance, What Our History Tells Us About Our Future. And he makes a similar observation in that uh, while none of us ever want to struggle and to deal with crisis, and while, of course, many suffer through those periods, it is actually that suffering that brings about better ideas and innovation and improvements to things so he's wondering whether um, without trying to put words in, in his mouth whether part of the difficulty we find ourselves in now is in fact because we've spent the last 20 something years in a period where we didn't have to worry about our future.
0: I think that's quite profound actually it's almost like you know if every day was Christmas day you wouldn't look forward to Christmas
1: it would lose all
0: meaning. Yep. And I think you know that's part of the human condition is the ups and downs and I think the downs are part of the up and, and I think we're, we're in a profound period of profound change at the moment in the world. I think that's got a lot to do with the internet and the way that's providing a free exchange of ideas and information and you know there's things happening in the southwest at the moment organizations that I'm involved with doing all sorts of different things and I sense that there's, there's a real change because of the fact that, essentially, information is no longer controlled by vested interests.
1: Yeah, that, that will be one effect, and there will certainly be uh, huge benefits from that. Um, we also have to look at how it might drive our responses to it. Because it's available, we're seeing people make decisions on a very short-term basis, or feeling like they're driven to making decisions based on public opinion. Um, it will have profound effects for democracy, both good and bad, and it will take us a while to figure out how, how best to deal with it, I
0: think. Well, that's all very deep and interesting, Jane, and I guess some people might say, well, why are we running this on Tourist Radio? But I think I think it's an excellent medium to, to have these conversations because people on holiday are perhaps more open to different ideas and, um, you know, in times of change, we've got to think things differently and we've got a great history in Australia... Um, Western Australia there's times Western Australia has uh, questioned its involvement in the Federation but I think overwhelmingly we're better off in it than out of it and uh, if this medium can contribute to this discussion and give voice to to organisations like Foundation 1901 well I think that's a good thing, don't you?
1: Absolutely
0: So Jane, why is Henry so important to the Australia of today?
1: Henry is important and the people like him and certainly an understanding of his time is important. Many of the national debates we're continuing to have now and they include immigration, they include the economy, how our commonwealth and state governments work together. We have had many of these discussions before and we have managed to get through them as a nation. We've managed to get through them very successfully as a nation and continue to work work and live very harmoniously together. Hopefully, if we realise that we've done it before, we'll have faith that we can do it again and believe in each other and work towards a better Australia. Foundation 1901, through its website, www.foundation1901.org.au, hopes to bring forward the information into, into the new medium and provide access to some of this information.
0: Well, that's terrific, Jane. And it it is about community, isn't it? And about cooperation and working together. And we tend to get so preoccupied with competition and competition policy that we forget that community is about cooperation and and creating win-win situations, not uh, not not necessarily an analogy to a football team, which is a win-lose situation.
1: Absolutely, and. Uh I guess if there's another thing that we learned from the 1890s is as as much as we might choose to focus on people like Parks and John Forrest and John Downer from South Australia, it was actually the people of Australia that managed to keep the momentum going towards achieving federation and perhaps on another day, Barry, we might talk about
0: that. Well, that's terrific. I think I'd love to do that. And Actually, you talk about the people of Australia. Actually, I heard about you and Foundation 1901 on the ABC's Australia All Over program on Sunday morning. And uh, that is a very powerful program um, and it should be compulsory listening to all politicians <laughs> because uh, there's some really intelligent grassroots conversations go on in that program and uh, I'd encourage anybody with an interest in the future of Australia to listen to ABC Local on Sunday morning between 6 and 10. In the southwest, you can tune in on 684 on AM.
1: Well, Barry, I look forward to speaking to you again.
0: Thanks, Jane, and I wish you all the best. You're listening to Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia, or you can listen online via SoundCloud by going to touristradio.com.au forward slash online. You can choose the stories that interest you and listen directly online, or download the stories and play them while you're travelling around Western Australia. Western Tourist Radio, Discover WA, your
1: way.